welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. It's been a while since we've had someone on that uh, entertains and, and 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 does a lot more for the world than just the normal. Um, I'm writing a book or um, I'm putting out a certain type of course. Today we have with us Julian Ricks. Julian, would you please tell the audience who you are, why you're here, and just one tidbit about your childhood? Okay. Hi. Um, so like you said, I'm Jillian Ricks, and I am an integrative holistic healer. And I'm also, I'm legally blind. I always like to throw that out there because I always forget because <laughs> it's not something, um, well, we'll probably get there, but it's not something I I, I own, but I don't own, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, and it, so what I do is I help women create a lifestyle full of abundant energy and love in a way that is really fun and playful because I, I have danced since I was three. So we are shaking, we're moving, we're jiggling, and we fall back in love with our bodies. And therefore we fall back in love with our lives with our And we, it's just, it promotes happiness all around. I like to say, we find that bliss state. Um, we create a holistic health blueprint, which they can follow the women I work with. They follow it from now when they're working with me up until any aspect of their life that grows with them, it matures with them. And they can always rely on that to know that they're doing exactly what their body needs to be healthy and strong. So that's my, my main focus. I have a lot of underlying, (laughs) uh, things that I do as well. Um, and something about my childhood. Well, I said I've danced since I was three, so I don't know if that counts. Okay, so so dancing, so starting dance at three. Who encouraged you to start dancing? Because I'll give you a little filler here, real quick. Um, for me, for instance, um, I played sports, but I was always great at video games. I excelled at them. So my dad, mind you, I'm 36. So back then we had the Nintendo in like 1989 and different things like that. So he encouraged he encouraged us to play games, but it's not like the what the children do now. He was we were healthy about it. You know, we went outside running around. But when it, the lights went off and you were home and you had that little time between seven and eight o'clock at night, we indulged in games. So that's what you know he encouraged that so we played video games. Uh yeah. Beyond his life, you know, I continued to play. Then I played professionally and then I retired real early because I didn't wasn't great but (laughs) you know so who who encouraged you at an early age to start dancing oh that would be my mother um my mom was a dancer all through um high school all through her younger years up into high school and um so as soon as I well actually let me say I kind of came out dancing because (laughs) my grandparents had like this um it was a um, mountain stone hearth that was lifted up off of the floor. And like, since I was like two or one or like moving, I would get up there and act like it was my stage. And so then my mom would just encourage that and be like, yeah, you did a good job. And then as soon as I was old enough to go into, you know, a dance class, um, she put me in. So it's kind of in my blood. Also, it was nurtured by my whole family, too. Okay, so dancing is a part of what you do. Now, um, at an early age, so you get into dance, uh, you move through elementary school, middle school, you get to high school. What happens in high school if you're dancing? 
Oh, okay. So in high school, um, I actually, I stopped going to like a dance studio and I was in the color guard um, for the marching band. So I, it was Saudi Daisy. Was, <laughs> I know that's an actual school. It's called Saudi Daisy, Tennessee. And I was in the high school color guard and we did winter guard. So I'm, you know, the, the only blind girl walking around the field, throwing up flags and catching it and dancing with a flag. Um, so that's what I did all through high school. And I even kept that up during college. Okay. Wow. So that, that's really impressive. All right. So you finished high school. Um, you're about to head out into the, the world. Uh, you got a certain mindset. Obviously, college is one of the things that was inside your brain and you were ready to go do mm-hmm. that. So after high school, what was your mindset when it came towards going to college and being in the workforce? Okay. So I have always been very, very ambitious, very ambitious. And so, and I was really good at math through high school. And so the math instructors all through high school are like, you need to be an engineer um, because they saw that doors would really open for me. Like first being a woman, you know, second being a disabled woman and being like, so good at math. Like they're like, you, you can do this. You'll have a job. You'll be successful. And so when I first went into college, like I was telling everyone I was going to be, <laughs> y'all don't laugh. I was going to be an aerospace engineer. That was what I was going to college for. <laughs> and I look back on that now and it's totally ridiculous. Like everyone's heart was in the right place and they were encouraging me. And I was like so ambitious and I could have done it. But what, what pulled me away was in college. I was just, I was just in pre-cal. Um, going into trigonometry and one of my final exams literally took me six hours to do and I was like I can't do this like I can't spend six hours because my with my vision I have to write really big so I would have a sharpie marker with white just typing paper and one problem would take up I don't know 20 pages and so it, it just wasn't practical you know so I didn't stick with that very long and I kind of grasped that, you know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. Um, And so I just went to my gen ed, you know, I was like, well, I'll just try out everything they offer at college and see where, you know, where it leads me. And so I fell in love with philosophy because I had an incredible philosophy teacher who was hilarious and he captured my mind. He, 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 let me think in different ways. And I just loved hearing all the theories. And so that's actually what I graduated college with was with a degree in philosophy. (laughs) Okay. So where did that degree translate to what you're doing now? How did that help out? What what areas did it open for you there? Oh, so it, it helps so much because um, it, it allows me to think. It allows me to understand how other people think as well and to hear different theories and different um, like thesis and everything on just life in general. So what I do is, uh, so my right after college, I went and got my uh, yoga teacher training. And so just even going through yoga teacher training, like reading the the Vedic philosophies and all of that, that's all philosophy. So my brain was already geared to 
oh, this is a way of thinking. This is how people live using this philosophy. And so now I use that even now, um, just with everything I do, like helping people live a healthier life is like, and giving them a different idea, a different philosophy, a different way of looking at things, a different logic. And I don't feel like I would have had that ability if I hadn't have gotten that philosophy degree, even though at the time I was like, why did I do it? Well, I knew at the time I was like, I'll be a lawyer, but that didn't pan out. But, um, but I didn't think that it would have brought me to where I am today, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. And then you also went to college for something else. You went to community college for massage therapy, yes. correct? Yes. Yes. I am a massage therapist as well. Um, during my yoga teacher training, they taught us a lot of hands-on um, like adjustments. And during Shavasana, they would like, they taught us how to give a really awesome scalp massage and hand massage. And um, all my classmates were like, you're really good at that. And I was like, oh, hmm, okay, I'll go to massage school. So it was just like, the next best thing, right? I was like, oh, I can blend these two very well. I can teach yoga and I can also offer massage. So, yeah. Okay. And then we have another part. Hostology yeah. health counselor comes into play. Yes. Yes. So during my um, massage school days, um, even though like I felt really good mentally, I could tell my body was not holding up. I was not doing well. Um, internally, like my organs, I could tell they were just not functioning at high efficiency. So after I graduated from um, massage school, I started focusing on like my health and on eating healthier on herbs, on supplements, on vitamins, on everything like that, that would just bring the balance. So it was, I had already kind of helped my spiritual body with the yoga and, um, and then my physical body also with the yoga and then the massage therapy. And so it was time then to think about what I was like ingesting, you know, to heal. And so through that whole process of healing myself, um, I w- was trained by my, my um, doctor of naturopathy, my doctor. She trained me in her methodology. And then I also went to school, um, it's Trinity School of Natural Health, and I got certification and trained within, um, you know, natural health. Um, and that is where that comes in. (laughs) So you went through, got a lot of schooling and then we come to the part where you decide to make a company. Yes. Yeah. Julian's healing arts. Let me ask you this. Um, you know, you went through all the schooling, you're, you're sitting down, and whenever we plan to go into business, because even myself, when I decided that I was going to do a podcast, and then I eventually decided to move into actual digital media, my first plan was the title of the company, West Virginia and Commonplace. That's what it'll be called. Everything else will fall underneath that. So how did you actually come up with the name of, of your company? And what was the first thing that you had to implement after you made the name? Okay. Um, there, there's, there's two parts to this, I think. So okay. when I first graduated from massage school, I immediately opened my own practice. Um, and, and I had, I called it Jillian's studio and that's where I did massage therapy and yoga and it worked very well. Like I liked it. It was me doing my thing and it was just me, you know, 
But then as I started integrating my natural health tips and becoming more of a, a life coach, it didn't make sense to be a studio anymore. It's like, I have so many other modalities that I'm offering. Like I teach, you know, Reiki, I teach like all different other things as well. I was like, a studio doesn't make sense. So I need it to be something all inclusive. And so the healing arts um, I loved because I think of myself kind of like an artist because we're still doing yoga, we're still dancing, we're still having fun and creating and then creating our lives, you know, our healthy lives. So I like the idea of arts. And so, um, so it just came to Jillian's Healing Arts Center. And I liked that too, because it, be, it then became a business versus just a job for myself. You know, like I was just kind of doing my thing. Now Jillian's Healing Arts Center, it's an official business. Like it's an LLC. <laughs> I call myself the CEO. I have an assistant and, um, and now it's starting to grow and I'm bringing in other um, healers as well. Like I have an, a new massage therapist who will be starting with me in the next month or so. And now it's really taking off. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, be a company versus just having a business for myself. Okay. So yeah, I see that you're blossoming and like even over on the website, uh, could you plug that real quick? Cause we do a shameless plug on here. Um, I've meant to ask you that. I should ask you that way earlier. Could you do a, a selfless or a selfish and selfless plug of where people can meet and greet you on social media real fast? Yes. Um, so you can find me at my website is jillianshealingartcenter.com. And then that's where you can find me actually on all the social media platforms. You can find me um, on Facebook that way and on Instagram. But I think Instagram is like Jillian's underscore healing underscore arts underscore center. I think I'm not sure. My, my tech wizard would know better. I apologize. <laughs> but if you just, you know, search Jillian, Jillian's Healing Arts Center, that's that's where you'll find me. And I, I'm open to DMs. You can also email me. My email is completely open to anyone with any questions. And that is just Jillian's Healing Arts Center at gmail.com. Okay. And when you venture over to the website, you have all kinds of stuff up there. They can book a service, talks about massage therapy, Reiki, yoga. So let's flip this around real quick. Let's get into the Reiki. Okay. All right. So with Reiki, can you explain to the audience what that is? They've heard it previously, but anybody that hasn't listened to any uh, Reiki people that we've had on, they don't know what it is right now. So could you explain what Reiki is to people? Yeah. Okay. So Reiki is a Japanese form of a healing of energetic energy work, body healing. And Reiki literally means life energy or universal energy. And it is like Reiki is our energy. It is what is fueling our heartbeat. It is the neurosynapses in our brain that's connecting us with the rest of our body. It's what's connecting me to you with you listening. It's what life is. And so what Reiki does as a practitioner, I'm a Reiki teacher master. What I have the ability to do is to become like a conduit. Like I can bring the Reiki in and then direct it to someone, to a specific area, to a specific purpose, to help them in some way, either um, to get rid of pain or help them sleep. Or for me, it also allows me to connect with that person in a way where I can identify different um, 
electrical shorts, we'll say, different imbalances within the body. And I can reach out and say, oh, hey, you're experiencing a headache and it it's caused by this, this, and this. And then we can start to work on the, resolving those issues. So it's multifaceted and it's awesome. And what I tell everyone is because some people, when I talk like that, they're like, they get a little nervous. And I'm like, it's okay, because it's no different than when you plug in your lights, you know, plug in a lamp and electricity comes through that lamp and you feel heat. That's all Reiki is. It's just electricity. It's just that energy moving from one person to the other. And all it is, is love. Like Reiki is love energy. It's what is the strongest healing energy on this planet is love. And so it can never do any harm. It only helps lift up and bring promote and bring balance okay and i appreciate that and thank you um and obviously you do yoga and massage therapy so how does all this intertwine together so say like if someone wants to book a service with you and they want to do all three of these how does this start how does this work and how does it keep going okay good question thank you um so yeah so the integrative holistic health that is my healing methodology that does integrate all of that, all of it. Um, And so I offer classes where it's a group online coaching class or even one-on-one if someone wanted to just connect with me one-on-one and it would be spanned out over a series of time. So it would be like three, like six weeks to 12 weeks, depending on who wants to work with me. But what happens is I connect with the client. I connect with mostly women is who I work with. And within that, I say, oh, okay, these, these organs might have an imbalance. So to bring those back into alignment, let's schedule, you know, some Reiki, I'll give you some Reiki love. Here is an emotional empowered yoga routine that is going to help move some of the energy up and out, creating space for more love, for more energy. And then we'll talk about different herbs, different supplements that you might need. Then we'll talk about foods and about how, you know, if your foods actually love you back after you eat them. So it creates a whole, that's the whole health blueprint, right? So I'm not just massaging someone and releasing the trigger points. I'm not just giving them a yoga class and saying, see you next time. I'm creating their health blueprint where they can follow that health blueprint forever and ever and always know what their body needs to bring that balance. Okay. Okay. I like that. And also you offer um, a virtual health retreat. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm so excited about these. So I call it a VIP retreat, a goddess retreat day. And that is where we kind of like, we put the health and healing on a fast track. So you can choose the retreat day and you come and I feed you super yummy foods um, we, uh, you'll get a therapeutic Reiki massage. Like you'll get all of it within a whole retreat day. And so you still leave super empowered and with your holistic health blueprint. And then I support you, you know, on your journey for about a month after that, just to make sure everything's integrated into your life. But I love it because I can really like nurture you. Like I give you gifts and I have a beautiful front porch where you're, you'll eat Um, the meals that we will prepare just for your body, like we'll connect and we'll determine what foods actually will nourish you. And then 
from there, we'll just work through everything together to make sure you feel super strong, super empowered when you leave. So your health blueprints with you and you, I don't know. I, I feel like my energy for this is just like, but my words aren't coming out as clear, <laughs> but it's super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one thing I do, um, and I always tell everybody I'm 36 because that's just part of telling the story that I'm about to give you. Um, yeah. we, 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 we pay homage to journalistic integrity. There was this news magazine that used to come on Friday nights after TGI Friday called 2020. Um, Barbara Walters was on there, John Stossel and Diane Torrey. So we ask, I like to ask some hard hitting questions. They're personal, but not that personal, but to make you more personable to the audience. Cause everything you said, you've been very friendly, very nice and you're very warm. That's a feeling that you generate. Um, so the, the hardest thing on earth is when you're a healer and you're helping someone, it's your personal self-care. And the question I'm about to ask you, um, I ask this because nobody understands what it takes to do what you do. No matter how much you could explain it to us, whatever. So my question is, is what do you do for self-care for yourself? Because you're helping all these people and, and you're taking in all this stuff. How do you release it in a way that keeps you healthy? Yeah, thank you. That is, that's so true. Um, well, a lot of it is I, I actually do what I teach. So I always meditate at least once a day. Um, and I do movement, like my dancing, my shaking, um, yoga. I make sure I do movement about once or twice a week on my own. And then I also teach classes, which I do the class with my students. Um, and I always eat super yummy, healthy foods. But I guess the one thing that I absolutely need, and I can tell when I don't get it, is alone time. Like out in nature, by myself, no screens, no nothing. I just have to sit and just be. And if I don't get that, I get a little, I'll get a little cranky, honestly. So um, I, I try to have that once a week. I wish I could have it more, but um, when it's by myself, because I have children and, you know, other things yes. going on. But, um, but yeah, I have to have my alone time. That's really important for my body. Okay. And I'm glad that you um, helped us in that area, because a lot of times people don't know what it's like to be you and to have to deal with this stuff because you take on added pressure in the world that you don't necessarily have to, but uh, because of your nature, because of uh, who you are, that's who you are. And we appreciate you yeah. for that. Now here's the next hard hitting question. Um, you get to a point where you're out here and you're um, helping people. And it's one of those days. It's one of those days where that you just call a bad day for yourself. You fall down. How do you pick yourself back up? And I know it sounds like I asked you that question just a minute ago, but the difference is, you know, sometimes we go through life and I have seven days in a week and I try to have at least five days that are good. Two days, I know I'm going to have some weird time. So I usually like to, I even try to schedule some of the bad time on Wednesday because it'll be the middle of the week and maybe on Sunday if I can. If I can't schedule it, if, I, if it's just going to happen, it just happens because, you know, we can't control every facet of life. Yeah. But how do you pick yourself up from 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 a bad moment or a bad time? during during your work week or in doing your personal life how do you do that because that right there is the the teaching tool that you're going to pass along in this episode to someone that wants to be the next julian 
That is so good. And so it actually, I've had a pretty rough week. So, cause, okay. I don't know how other people view me, but I, I get the sense by what people say is like, I'm super bubbly and super fun and super loving. And I am like all of that. Uh, but I hide those bad. <laughs> we'll say bad. I like to say icky. Uh, well, icky? I, w- icky. Yeah. Those icky days. Um, I, I don't, I don't show them very much, but they happen. Like I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Um, and so this, this last week has actually been kind of one of those just icky days. Um, and so what have I done? I have really focused on my breath, um, and coming back into my breath, which has been very helpful. (laughs) I have been giving myself lots of Reiki love. Um, and I've been listening to uh, raunchy uh, romance novels <laughs> <laughs> because they disconnect me from life, right? It's my escape, you know, like I don't have to think about anything. I'm just listening to, they're always like, um, it's kind of like Pride and Prejudice type ones. Like, you know, they're all like high and mighty well to do. And then I think about like, you know, their lives are so simple and they're all just fretting over, you know, somebody's marrying somebody. I'm like, you know what? My life is super stinking simple too. Like if they, and these, you know, I just kind of allow it to relate a little bit. And then it, it also just lets me just disconnect from everything and just be in my own body and just breathe. And when I get done listening, I feel better. And and then I can just focus on what I need to focus on again. And it, it, everything doesn't seem so heavy, if that makes sense. So that's what I've done this week. Sometimes it might be a little different. I always move in some way to help my body. Um, and and also, um, I reach out to my coaches if I need to. Like, I do have my own coaches and my own healers. And so when I am feeling the, the mopes um, and I'm not getting over it as fast as I think I should, I do reach out for support from them as well. Okay. Now, you you take care of yourself and we've established that. But behind every person, even if it's just like some people live alone, so they just have like electronics or something that keep them going. But what is your mold behind you? What do you have behind you that keeps you straight up in the air? Um, What type of support system do you have that encourages you to keep doing what you're doing? Oh, I feel like that's, that's universe, that's source. Um, I've ever, I, like I said, I'm extremely ambitious. I've always been that way. That wasn't something that was placed upon me. My parents never told me I had to have straight A's or anything like that, but I always felt that. And, um, and even now, like, I want to, like, I feel like this mission to help the world. And so for me to help the world, I need to help other folks, other women who are doctors, who are nurses, who are teachers, who are healers, who are mothers, who are actually like out in the world, artists, whoever, who are making a difference, right? Who are leaders. And so that's what keeps me going. I think it's just this underlying uh, urge, this sense of I am here to help and I need to help. And, and that's, that's where it is, I think. And and ultimately, it just, it feels like just love, just sharing that love. 
I don't know. Did that answer? I feel like yes. my brain wanted to go somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely answered that. And I want to thank you for, for that right there, because like that, when we do that part, you get more personable. Um, the audience gets to know a little bit more about you because sometimes in between us uh, being who we are inside of the craft that we are, sometimes the actual person gets lost in translation. So yeah. I really appreciate you there. Now on to the, the heaviest question ever. And this is, uh, this is a hard one. And okay. with this question that I'm about to ask you, um, it's about disappointment because we all strive to do our best inside what we're doing. And even in podcasting, I've had disappointments in it. Maybe the lack of support from certain people or just Sometimes I don't provide a good atmosphere for a great episode to come out because anybody can talk to anybody, but sometimes you can tell if there's no chemistry, you can tell if it's not working out. So what has been your biggest disappointment in what you're doing today? Hmm. (laughs) And the reason I'll put a little filler in here so you can think about it, because the reason I asked that question is this, um, people think that we're, we're like the Jetsons we're, we're, you know, where uh, George worked for Spacely Sprockets, those sprockets went around and they made the world go around. Well, sometimes even though we have a great process, there is some disappointment in what we do. Like mine, for instance, is, is that at one point when I first started, my disappointment was, was that even though I was reaching people and I could see a, a tangible number of who's listening here and there, I had an email list so I knew who specifically was listening. I didn't have a website. I just had the Instagram page. So I wasn't giving my audience true intimacy. They didn't really have a way to reach me. They only got what augmented reality I put out by video or whatever. Then I got a website and then you could see more outtakes. You could see different things. So once I learned how to, you know, get that built up more, my disappointment uh, in that part of podcasting left. The last part of uh, the disappointment I'm still working on now, which is uh, the support of other podcasters, you know? So, so that's an area I got to work in. So like inside what you're doing, what is the disappointment you have that you've been working on or you've fixed? Okay. So something that it's been a struggle for me, just folks don't seem to want to invest in their health as much, you know? So I struggle with, here's the price. And then everyone's like, no. (laughs) I mean, not everyone. I have clients. But it's like a lot of folks don't see the value in investing in their health. Because, again, they don't know how to support their own selves. Like it's about putting on your own oxygen mask first. So a lot of times when I say, hey, you know, I I can help you. We can do this. Your your life is important. And then they think about it and they're like, well, then how am I going to, you know, pay for my kid's soccer game? Or how am I going to do this, 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 or this, or this, right? Mm -hmm. Or I can't, I can't invest that time. That's another thing. It's not even always, most of the time it's monetary or time. Like, oh, I don't have time to show up to classes because, you know, I have this whole laundry list of things to do or whatever. Like they don't want to invest. But what my biggest mission and what something I've really been 
trying to say is your happiness and your health are one and the same. Like you can't be happy if your body's not supporting you. Like if you're in pain or if you feel icky, if you feel that overwhelmed, you're not going to have that happiness. And happiness is within that to-do list. The happiness is, you know, going to your kid's soccer game. It is going to the movies. It's taking those vacations. And all of that is worth investing in, right? That's why we want it. It's fun. It's happy. It's, but then the healthy is so much more important to invest in because that is what's going to secure you having that happiness when you are having, you know, invested in your happiness with your kids or your time with your kids or whatever like that. So that's what I've really been trying to talk about and explain. It's like, y'all, this is, yeah, you know, I can't work for free and your time is important, but for you to actually enjoy that time, you have to step back and invest in your own body, your own self, your own care, you know, because if you don't, what are you going to do? You're just going to not enjoy it and not going to be your highest self. So I don't know if that answered it or it was sufficient. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, that did answer because that, that's one thing that um, grips all of us as content creators or helping people. Um, in some instances, I'm not saying anybody ever wants anything for free, but people don't understand sometimes that you have to invest. Well, I had to learn it the hard way because I'll give you just a quick example. I started yeah. every, I started everything with my podcast free and I did it for my cell phone, did it with a pair of iPhone headphones on and this, this, and that. And obviously you could tell a sound difference in what I was doing. Um, I yeah. moved on to better equipment when I started investing in it. And once I started investing in figuring out what I needed to do and how to bring people on in, into the hardest thing in anything that we do, like you were talking on is how do I tell someone that this can help you? This is what you should listen to. Um, this, this is a way to enhance your life. In your yeah. case, in your case, it's a different enhance. And with yours, it's very simple. You have results. People can see it. Mm-hmm. Mine is just circumstantial. You listen to it. You might catch something like if they listen to your episode, they'll find out about you. Then they'll continue being a listener to me because, you know, so I do agree with you. That is my one of my disappointments, too, that people are so quick to say, hey, that's too much. This is, yeah. you know, not oh. right. Go ahead. And what, and what I like to say too is like this small, this investment, the small investment that you're putting in now, even with like what you're talking about with your equipment and stuff, if you invest now, it's going to bring in so much more wealth and happiness later. Like it's so worth it. And you actually save time and you actually save money. And what I tell folks too is like, yeah, you're going to invest in your health, but then you're going to feel amazing. And then you're going to be able to work even more and feel good working and you're going to make even more money. So it's like, you know, it goes both ways, even with like you, with your product, with, you know, podcasting, I feel like it's the same way. It's like you invest, it's going to sound better. People are going to listen more and then you're going to have more success. So, yeah. Yeah. Now going further on down the line, since we addressed that stuff, we did all the 2020 questions. Um, here, here's the thing. We, we do a little role-playing and role-playing inside of doing a podcast uh, does a certain type of projection that we can't portray without the role-playing. So you have your business. Um, you, you're at the forefront right now. It's 
turning around because COVID-19 has disappeared. So um, the actual person-to-person aspect is coming back into effect. So if you had a billboard that was between Knoxville, Chattanooga, what, what is that little place in Tennessee? I, like, I think it's called Sevierville or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Sevierville, yeah. Yeah, I like Sevierville. Um, and uh, yeah. you, you got three billboards in between these places. What does the first billboard say in Chattanooga? <laughs> I don't know. I don't see billboards. What do billboards say? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so generally, this, all right, yeah, <laughs> sorry about that, but but here's That's the thing: okay. a bill a billboard gives a generalized statement of what you're doing, oh, and okay. the power of it. And then what what we do with a billboard, for instance, is if I'm going down the freeway, I forgot what interstates run through there, but we'll just say 77. I get all right, just 81, 81 runs somewhere through Tennessee. So I'm on 81. I've just passed Bristol, Tennessee, Virginia, and I keep going down. Um, and and next thing you know, um, I see a sign. It says Julian Ricks. It says Julian's Healing Arts. What do you uh, say? What what does it say on there so that I can see that? Like, what what's going to spark my interest? What is your mission statement, basically? Ah, uh, okay. Here here's my mission statement. I think it is: you are a radiant soul who can heal your body from the inside out. Okay. And then I guess they would be like, what? Why? Why do I need to do that? And then I would say, because life is too short to, you know, feel overwhelmed or disconnected. It's too short. And life is a journey that is here for us to enjoy, have pleasures, be able to be with our friends, our family, with our pets. And really, truly be in that bliss state to enjoy every breath and look around us and just, I don't know, enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I get off the top of my head. (laughs) Okay. And I like that. All right. So you you get past that point. Um, Your company's doing very big. The the greatest thing that anyone can do in life is a TED Talk. A TED Talk means that you basically made it. I don't know if you've heard of that or not. But a TED Talk puts you in a place uh, where you're prestigious. So your TED Talk, just for role play, let's see. We're going to take the state of Tennessee. What do I like in Tennessee? I think the only thing I like in Tennessee is Vanderbilt. So you're at Vanderbilt University. No offense to the volunteers or nothing, but Vanderbilt, if you're speaking there, you're speaking, you know. So you're at Vanderbilt. You're doing a TED Talk. What is the opening line of your speech? And the reason I ask you this is because – the more and more you promote what you're doing, it's going to put you in different uh, aspects. Yeah. It's going to spin around to a point where you're going to get into more public speaking. And that's something that none of us take a hold or think about because I didn't even realize it. Cause like, like I said, uh, I'll just give an example. So I'll give you a little time to think about that. I'm going from podcasting to actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to actually be doing a show at a comic con this weekend. So that's a whole, you know, it's a whole different aspect for me. And it's like, I, I always thought I was just going to be sitting here like what we're doing. And now I'm out live doing interviews, doing this and that. Like if I was down your way with my job, I would have probably done an in-person interview because, you know, I travel a lot. So yeah. in that aspect of you doing a TED talk at Vanderbilt out there in Nashville, what would you, what would your open statement be? What would you say to an audience to pull them towards Julian's healing arts and whatever else that you decide that you're going to do? 
Okay. Um, okay. I'm sorry. Pick your time. Because here's the thing about it. These statements and things like that, you know, people remember the, the, like the, 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 the mission statement, the, the statement that brings them into you. That's how we gain our intimacy with our audience. That's how we pull people in to do things with us. It's not the stuff that we do after. It's the very first sentence that we tie people into us. That's how our trajectory goes. That's how everything goes. That's our elevator pitch, basically. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) This is a good exercise. I need to do this more often. Okay. What if, Hold on, I gotta close my eyes. I gotta get into it. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'd say, hi, I'm Jillian Ricks and I am about to rock your world because I'd have them moving and shimmy in a little bit. And I would say... Because me, as the blind health guru, I'm about to show you how to see your body, yourself in a healthy way, right here, right now. Let's come and play. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, and I, and I like that. Now, here, here's my thing. All right, you're doing something that most people if they were legally blind or any formation of blind would just stop. You're here to get people involved in their lives. You're here to help them grow. So that's a testament to you. And that's something that I'm going to give you a pat on the back for. And I hope that um, when you have time, you realize that you're doing a lot for people that uh, are blind. Um, So there's one statement that has to come for you from you to anyone that's not blind or that is blind partially or whatever. And that statement is a, is a really hard and a deep statement. That statement is that being blind didn't stop you from doing anything. Mm-mm. Being blind enhanced you. Yeah. Being blind made you a better person because you have more senses than I have. Not like Daredevil or anything like that, because everybody <laughs> portrays Daredevil. They say that he's blind. You know, you've heard, you know about the character. That, like he can, oh, yeah. Like he can do everything. So... With your blindness, what have what has been something that you've truly excelled at with being blind? Like, what has it helped you? Like, has it helped your intuition? Has it helped you just? You can weed out things a little bit faster than some people, I believe. Yeah, uh, intuition most definitely. I'm hyper focused on my surroundings, on the people I'm around, um, and then, like you said, like. My senses are heightened, but it's not like you could learn it. You know, it's just because my vision isn't so heightened, but anyone can learn that, you know, but what it has helped me do since I've been dealing with this since I was five, I am so hyper aware of people and their energies. And so even just from day one of learning how to 
give a massage, to teach a yoga class, I can know what my client needs. And I tap into that and I follow their energy. And I, I think I would have literally been blinded to their needs if I, if I had my sight. A lot of times when people are learning what I do, I've heard that teachers have to blindfold, you know, sighted people because they're too in their head with their vision. You know, they're, they're trying to see the trigger points or they're trying to see the energy flow or, but it's all about intuition. It's all about knowing and feeling um, and using your other senses. And yeah, I, I wouldn't have had that. I don't think um, if I had to have my sight, I don't know. You know, it's hard to know what your life would look like without it or feel like, but I don't know that I would be where I am today. So I, I'm actually grateful for my vision loss. I know that sounds weird. Like it's not that it doesn't suck. Like sometimes I, you know, you know, I cry and I'm mad because I can't see, but other times, most of the time, like those, those sucky days are very rare. Most of the time I'm, I feel really blessed because the universe gave me this obstacle to overcome. So I would be stronger. So I would power through and I would learn. So then I could help other people, you know, and that's how I feel about all of us. Like we all are given some obstacle to overcome in our lives. Like it might not be blindness for you, but it might be a broken leg. It might be ADHD. It might be, I don't know, the sky's the limit. Everyone has something to overcome. And so it's just learning how to do it and knowing that that obstacle for you to overcome, it's actually a gift. It's something for you to learn from. It's something that will, that will help and advance you and also your family, your friends, like everything. It's allowing you to be an inspiration, you know? Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, the lasting impression that uh, I want to leave here for the audience is you can um, reach Julian Ricks over at her website, which I'll get you to plug one more time, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, Jillian's with the S, Healing Arts with another S, uh, center.com. And she offers numerous services, massage therapy, Reiki, yoga. Um, she has interactive things that she does within Zoom um, yeah. to, keep, to keep people tied in. And um, the last part I want to put out here is the testament. And this testament rolls like this. Julian, what you do is amazing. It's hard. Not because of your... Legal, being legally blind, but pushing people to be healthy, pushing people to evolve themselves. Because everybody talks about they want to do one or the other. They either want to work with mental health or they want to work on their body. They don't want to do both. Mm -hmm. yeah. And to juggle both of those, it takes a lot out of you because sometimes you've got to take some rejection, some disappointment, some things that you don't want to hear and you don't want to see. So I commend you on that. Next, being part of society. And knowing that it is very hard, male or female, to empower people, you know, through different agents. Um, people have self-esteem issues and self-esteem clogs and becomes an anxiety issue that holds people from being the better person or the inner goddess as mm -hmm. uh, they could they could be. But you have found a way to break through that. You have a power, you have an energy, you have uh, an aura. You have charisma that um, draws people to you and it draws 
you know, the thing, the bad things away from these people. So I need you to keep that in this world. And I always want you to like hug yourself with that because not a lot of people have that. And when you're out here helping people and you're being selfless about it, that is the like hardest thing to do because sometimes you want to be selfish and you want to just do things for yourself. And then hopefully people see those things and those things transfer to them. But going outside of your being, stepping into someone else with empathy and sympathy at the same time, those things can't be taught. They can't be manufactured. They're just things that are in you and no one else has it like you. Other people have other aspects of doing it. So being the best person at what you do in the world is your greatest strong suit. And anybody that involves themselves with you will learn this. They will grow from this. So that's my testament to you is that being a great person and helping people being uh, assertive to a certain degree on certain things, it will help people get to a point where they will come to you and flock to you. And everything has to be organic. And you understand that. And as long as you keep doing things organic in the way that you're doing things, you will be prosperous. You will have what is supposed to be yours. And what's not with your intuition will move away from you. So on that note, that's my testament to you. And I hope that you keep following through with that. Thank you. That was awesome. It kind of made me teary a little. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, once again, I am JR. I'm the host of West Virginia and Commonplace. My co-host Stacy is not along with me for this ride, but she'll be back on uh, for another show. Um, I want to thank you, Julian, real quick. And lastly, one thing I'd like you to do, could you give a special shout out to anybody special in your life that has helped you along the way? Because we build bridges, but underneath those bridges are support. And the support are the people that don't get the, the accolades that you'll get along the way, but you know who supports you and you know who keeps your bridge from going into the, the river. That would be my husband, uh, Nathan Ricks. Um, he is my tech wizard and he, He's amazing. He helps put everything on the internet for me. He's in charge of my web page. He is there for me when I'm in those icky days. And he's like, you got this. You know, he helps with the kiddos. Like he is my partner through and through. I could not do any of this without him. Okay. And that's good to hear. So once again, um, this is JR from West Virginia and Commonplace and Julian and I are signing off.